Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing highly sensitive people versus energy vampires, what we're made of. Did you grow up hearing the nursery rhyme that I did? It's what are little boys made of? Snips and snails and puppy dogs tails. That's what little boys are made of. What are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and all things nice. That's what little girls are made of. I think maybe I've been considering what am I really made of since I was a very little girl. And I was confused by this. So parents out there who are raising highly sensitive kids know that when your kids find little things like this, just like I did, I would think about this and think about this and think about this, that boys aren't made of puppy dogs tails. They're made of other things. What am I made of? And it sort of wouldn't leave me. It's the little observer in me. So I thought it would be a fun way to introduce highly sensitive people versus energy vampires. Now, you've heard me talk about this a lot. Those of you who originally found me with the very first podcast episode I ever did was I was on the highly sensitive person podcast and I talked about how narcissists are attracted to highly sensitive people. Now, we know that narcissists are energy vampires, but there are energy vampires that maybe aren't narcissists. So I wanted to talk about what our similarities are and what our differences are. Where highly sensitive people can be overly conscientious with time and scheduling, energy vampires seem to be haphazard with respecting time. That's a very big difference. And lots of times, highly sensitive people are worried that they're secretly energy vampires because we can feel so intensely, we're aware that when we bring that intensity to someone else, it might be draining. I'll explain in a little bit why that doesn't make you an energy vampire, or if it does, what you need to do to address that. But time is a very important thing to highly sensitive people. We tend to really be overly conscientious with our time and our energy. Energy vampires are not. So that's a big distinction and can help us figure out what's going on in our relationship or why am I drained? And if we're looking for new friendships or a new relationship, that might even be at the top of our list that we're looking for relationships who can be respectful and conscientious of time and scheduling. 
my highly sensitive people rarely miss a coaching or a therapy appointment. My energy vampires will kick up a whole lot of chaos and often not want to pay me for an appointment that they missed. That leads me to my second point. Energy vampires have constant drama and they tend to make choices that bring drama. Now, highly sensitive people can have a lot of dramatic things happen to them, but true highly sensitive people are not creating their own drama. In fact, quite the opposite. They feel dramatic and they're trying to make choices that bring solution and keep drama out and minimized. Highly sensitive people, when we go into a party, we often want to be wallflowers or we're hiding in the shadows. A lot of us are introverted. If we're extroverted, highly sensitive people, we might step into the spotlight at a party, take a whole lot of attention, but we tend to know how to share. So we'll step into the spotlight, but also step out and give somebody else a chance, respecting time and space, not overly inserting ourselves. Energy vampires, they take the spotlight. They might even shove others out of the way of the spotlight. That happens a lot in working groups where there's an energy vampire. Someone else will do the work and the energy vampire will sort of elbow them out of the way and take credit. So people who will take credit are energy vampires. People who will one up are energy vampires. Now, all of us do all of these things. At some point, this is not about doing these things once or twice or every now and then. This is about the pervasive pattern of what happens when my energies meet other energies. Energy vampires tend to minimize others and they minimize the struggles of others. Highly sensitive people are likely to minimize self and maximize the plight of others to their detriment. That's a big difference. And I I should have said this earlier before I got into the list, but part of why I wanted to do energy vampires versus highly sensitive people is because energy vampires love to say that they are highly sensitive people. It's extremely popular right now, especially on social media. It's a dynamic of the cool kids are wanting to be highly sensitive right now. Just because someone says I'm a highly sensitive person does not make them a highly sensitive person. And energy vampires, if they one up or they grab credit, the second that I say, oh, well, I'm a highly sensitive person. This is why I'm doing what I do. They'll go, well, I'm a highly sensitive person, too. As highly sensitive people, we need to be aware of that. And we need to be able to trust what we're sensing over what someone is telling us is true. Energy vampires feel entitled to what is someone else's. They tend to be takers unapologetically. Highly sensitive people tend to give too much and not take enough. This shows up emotionally, but this also shows up very tangibly. Notice if you're ever at a party or a dinner party where someone's eating, the highly sensitive person will make damn sure that everybody else got some food first before they take some food, especially the last bit. That, that conscientiousness is just a part of how we move through. An energy vampire is going to take the exact amount that they want. Very slight difference, but these little things that we can't help but observe can give us a lot of information if we know how to interpret them. And I'm certainly not advocating for over-interpreting or over-analyzing. Just moving through and trusting what you sense as you sense it or see it. 
energy vampires can be controlling to get what they want. Highly sensitive people, we can be controlling too. But that tends to be less about, I just want what I want. And what is more likely is that a highly sensitive person may be controlling to try to make the healthiest or best thing happen for all. So we can both be kind of controlling and we've got to know that. In codependency recovery, we're learning how to let go of trying to manage people with that type of sort of positive outlook control. We need to address our own control issues, even if we're doing that from a genuine good place or a positivity place and not a trying to control to take over or to one up type of place. Both a highly sensitive person and an energy vampire can be codependent. That's an interesting thing to think about. It shows up in some different ways. Energy vampires tend to be codependent in a way that sort of backs somebody in the corner to say, hey, you have to agree with me. Hey, should I do this thing? If I'm an energy vampire, I'll go, hey, should I do this thing? And really, I want to do this thing, and I want you to support me doing this thing if I'm an energy vampire. I'm not really here for constructive feedback if I'm an energy vampire. A highly sensitive person tends to really crave honest feedback, even if that's hard. It's a big distinction in how we're different. But if we just stop at, oh, we're both codependent, we don't really see the nuance of how that's different or how that shows up. Sometimes that's how I see highly sensitive people try to bond with energy vampires or energy vampires to try to bond with highly sensitive people. Hey, look, we're both codependent. We're the same. So understanding that not all codependency shows up similarly might be really useful. Energy vampires can often have a critical voice or a bully from a place of insecurity. They can try to be the authority figure. So they can do this very overtly where it's obvious that they're being critical. Or it can be very covert and passive. Sometimes covert narcissists who are energy vampires This shows up sometimes for them in terms of, oh, I forgot. Oh, I was supposed to be there at five o'clock. Oh, well, I forgot. There's a learned helplessness of like, I just don't need to remember things. If it's not important to me, I'm not going to remember them. And that winds up showing up in a disrespect or disregard of time. And that can be very critical, even if there's a smile or a charm plastered on their face. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. Highly sensitive people can also be highly critical. But what tends to happen there is if they're critical of someone else, they will often bite their tongue until they explode and they might go off like a volcano. But a highly sensitive person 
tends to take too much personal responsibility to the energy vampires taking too little personal responsibility. And HSP can overly blame self. And that's a real psychological stuck point for us because we're so highly responsible that psychologically, sometimes we want it all to be our fault, which is a weird thing to hear me say, right? Why would I want everything to be my fault? But if everything is my fault, then psychologically, it's also on me that I have the power to fix it. So that's why we might subconsciously want all of the blame. Because if it's partly me and partly you, and I don't trust you to take responsibility, I don't like that desperation feeling. I don't like feeling out of control of forcing an outcome. And that's part of why highly sensitive people can be so tired. We try to force a lot of outcomes for the greater good instead of, instead of sitting back and recognizing what is a boundary, actually, but a boundary of, I didn't create all of this problem myself. I probably can't fix it all myself. I have to allow some of the responsibility to sit with this other person. I have to understand that an, an internal codependent part of me doesn't like that and wants to overown it. This is why my HSPs are sometimes so exhausted physically, emotionally, and spiritually from trying so hard. Another problem that this dynamic can kick up for a highly sensitive person is that we can feel at fault really when someone else is at fault. And in psychology and spirituality, most of the things that I find talk about letting go of blame, letting go of fault. And yes, of course, I'm on board with that. But also, there's just something really basic about if somebody just wrongs me, I want to be able to sit with this was this other person's fault and just allow that in simplicity. And that sounds like the simplest thing in the world. But I see highly sensitive people struggle with that over and over and over and over again. So in taking our personal responsibility, we want to learn how to just take our responsibility and not overown someone else's. The same way we want to learn how to think and not overthink or overprocess or overanalyze, we're recalibrating a lot of these things inside of us. It's not that we have to throw all of these ways out the window. It's that we have to calibrate them to healthiness instead of over or under anything. We want to be balanced in the middle in a way that makes sense for our lives, for our hearts, for our minds, for our bodies, for our spirits. Energy vampires can fall into having a victim mentality. They say, I can't a whole lot, but it's hard. If you catch yourself going, but it's hard, but it's hard, but it's hard, and that's stopping you or shutting you down, that's a place to grow so that you're not being an energy vampire for yourself or for others because you absolutely can figure things out. Energy vampires can have an attitude of, Please just do this for me. I'm kind of helpless. Like, I don't, I'm not good at washing the dishes. I don't know how. So will you just do it? Energy vampires have an amazing way of aligning with highly sensitive codependents to just sort of shrug their shoulders so that you will jump in and overfunction and just do it for them and they're off the hook. That's a big piece of how the puzzle pieces of highly sensitive people and energy vampires fit together. Risks to having energy vampires in our lives. We all know that stress kills. That's the phrase, right? 
We know it, yet we live these super stressed lives that keep inviting more stress. And that might be a silver lining of this 2020 year that's forced all of us to sort of slow down, to reflect, to really look and consider how fast we've been moving, what our stress levels have been. Not that this year has been without its own additions of new stresses, but that's why we make these choices in our lives. That's why we have boundaries. That's why we consider the people that we have in our lives. We consider who we have on the front row of our theater and who might need to be on the 10th row or the 20th or standing at the back. And some people I got to kick out of my theater. So if stress kills and I'm a highly sensitive empath, energy vampires are going to be the most stressful people for me to be around and to spend my energy on because it doesn't replenish my energy. It merely drains. So what do you do if you find yourself leaning toward the energy vampire road versus an empowered HSP? Get to therapy and get to therapy with someone who is strong enough to confront your victim mentality, someone who is strong enough and that you can align with someone that you trust because you will need that person to call you on the BS of victim mentality and to help you grow into ownership when you're trying to shrug ownership off and blame other people. You might want to consider paying this person for four sessions into the future so that if they piss you off, you're still committed. The role of the therapist, if you are an energy vampire and you want to do really good work and change and grow instead of just paying a healer to be your audience, is that you have to be confronted when you try to distract yourself with creating new drama. That's why we see energy vampires jump from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. Because they don't want to stop and consider and reflect and really change. They jump, jump to the next drama. If you have enough insight to see these things in yourself and to want to change them, the outcome is likely good if you work hard at it. If you don't have the insight to see those things, you're probably not listening to my show. This is definitely an insight-oriented show. But if you have insight into these things and you can see it and you can own it and you cannot disappear, fire or run away from your therapist who's strong enough to confront these difficult things to confront, you can work on this and you can change this. If you don't have the insight, I don't believe it's changeable. That's a hard thing for me to say because I'm all about hope. But that's something we do as highly sensitive people too. We tend to give endless, endless, endless hope. And when I confront people on this, they'll often say, well, aren't I supposed to give second chances? And I always say, yes, second, how many have you given? And usually it's not a countable number. It's usually a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So we have to own that we have really warped that second chances thing as highly sensitive people because we're so overly loyal. It feels wrong to give up on somebody. It feels wrong to enact a boundary that says enough, I have a limit with this, or you drain me, I have to take you in small doses. We tend to disallow that. That's what healing and growth is, allowing ourselves to grow into the boundaries work that we really need. And what do you do if you feel like you've, you've been energy vampire bait? If you feel surrounded, then my boundaries course is for you. Growing intuition versus anxiety is key to know when we need a boundary. My course will take you through how to create the emotional boundary you need in any given situation from your own intuitive knowing. 
I give you concrete scripts to work on that you can come back to over and over again. So what are you made of? I'm made of boundaries, love, light, and humor. I'm made of sensitivity and grit, holding on to what serves me and letting go of the rest. I'm made of failure and resiliency, respect and evolution. That's what I'm made of. What are you made of? I hope there's something in this episode that helps you own and know more of who you really are and helps you let go of anything that doesn't serve you. I want to thank those of you who take the time to get on iTunes. I know iTunes can be kind of a pain in the booty, but I want to thank those of you who take a moment to get on iTunes and write us a five-star review. You are what helps keep us high in the ratings. You help other highly sensitive people, trauma survivors, and empaths find the show. There are so many podcasts out there. I'm so serious when I say every single one of you that shares the show, that puts it on your social media, that sends it to a friend, you are absolutely exponentially sending out healing information out into the world to find other highly sensitive people. We are creating a community where more and more and more highly sensitive people and survivors feel unalone, validated. They're letting go of all the crazy making messages that teach us that we're wrong or that sensitivity is wrong or shyness is something to grow out of. We learn to work with who we really are, not who we think we have been told we're supposed to be. So I want to thank these people for writing reviews on iTunes to help other people find us. Linax79, she says that when she was growing up, there was no podcast or anything to help her sort out the feeling of being an alien among the human race. I think that's how a lot of us have felt. Thank you so much for writing that and helping somebody else find the show. I want to thank G. Paredes. This person says that each time he's listened, he's been moved to give a five-star review. It's going through a transition period. From bartender to firefighter. Oh, what a cool transition. I used to be a bartender too. And you felt very messy. You're thanking me for providing clarity. Thank you so much for saying so and for helping other people find it. And for changing yourself and growing. I know that you're showing other people that that's possible to change, to evolve, to go on to the next thing. Bartending served me so well for a certain time in my life. And then I needed to shift it. And I know so many people listening are transitioning or facing a transition in the same way. Thank you for bravely sharing yourself. I want to thank Jen's Koo, J-E-N-Z-K-U. Jen says, I didn't know what I was looking for when I found you, but I'm happy I did. And now I share it with my friends who are also recently discovering our empath gifts and embracing being highly sensitive. Yes, it's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing it. My Little Toad, what a good name. Oh, this was your first review ever. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This person says that they currently work as a therapist and that I have a similar gentle approach and it's made you drawn to my show. Oh, thank you so much. I love knowing that there's a sister or brother therapist out there. I've struggled with suppressing my emotions for my entire life and to have someone reassure me that it's okay to cry or speak up if someone hurt me rather than trying to people please has made a big difference in my life. I'm not there yet, but I keep working on it every day. Yes, we all do. This is, oh, you're going to make me cry. This is truly your calling and your work is making a difference. 
in so many people's lives, including mine. Knowing that creating this podcast was terrifying for you, but you pushed past that fear and now look where you are. It has truly inspired me to stop avoiding the things I'm afraid of and just try anyway. And if I fail, that's okay. Oh, thank you so much, my little toad therapist out there. I'm sending light and love to all of you. Therapist out there, I am working. I don't know how long it'll take me, but I am working on conceptualizing how to help you transition from therapist to coach. So if you're interested in that, definitely come sign up for my newsletter so that you can pay attention to my offerings as I release them. And thank you therapists out there that have shared me with your audience. Healthy therapists do not grip people, you guys. So if you have one that's gripping you, that's not sharing you, that's not expanding you, probably time to get a new one. Therapists, thank you who are bravely like pushing against some of the dysfunctional things we were taught were right in dealing with human beings in tender emotion, in reparenting ourselves and growing up our wounded parts. This is tender, delicate, and strong work. And I am so honored to be part of a community that is all doing the work to be better human beings and be the change in the world. We all deserve more peace, more grace more love from ourselves and from each other. Thank you so much for listening, for being part of my world. I'm sending a huge hug out there to all of you. We are getting through this 2020 year, aren't we? Light and love. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. you find it hard to sleep at night then the calm cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long calm cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires all of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast calm cove is brought to you by the team behind sleep cove the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis meditation and stories so if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight search for calm cove on apple podcasts or spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night